Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. I'm beginning a series on revival and reformation. We need revival in America more than ever. Amen. And we need revival in America because the world looks to America. Everybody in the world, like how many times do you turn on the news and you see what's happening in Cambodia? Basically never. But people in Cambodia turn on the news. They know what's happening in Cambodia and they know what's happening in the United States of America. The world's eyes are upon us. And that's the truth. You travel the world, you fly anywhere in the world, you're going to find a television playing American news and you're going to find local news because the world has always watched America. And some of the things I want to draw your attention to, how does a young nation, as young as America, rise to the level that it has rose to, if not but by the hand of the Lord across this nation? You don't become a world power in just 200 years unless the hand of the Lord is propelling and catapulting this nation to a place to show other people. Uh, recently, I, a couple years back, I had an opportunity to go to Israel, as I've, I've spoken a few times about. And we were in Bet Sheon, which is just one of the oldest cities there, excavated all the way back to the Roman Empire. And the Jewish guide was sitting there laughing, telling us the story how the Jewish people had ripped the American universities off by lying to them about how long it was going to take so they could milk millions of dollars out of the American universities uh, and to excavate Bet Sheon. And he thought it was hilarious. He said this Jewish into, into it, whatever, what's it, into it? Intuition. Thank you. Whoever said, who said that? You're my new friend. <laughs> Got my back. So it's Jewish intu- intuition and American foolishness that made it happen. And then I was walking the road in downtown Jerusalem where Jesus carried the cross. And it smells like garbage. It's garbage is all over the streets. Uh, it smells like urine. I mean, it's just disgusting. But that's the street that Jesus carried the cross down. And as I'm walking down it, there's this little alcove on the road that's got a beautiful garden and a bench. And I walked up to it, and it had this plaque, and it said, this garden and this alcove was paid for and funded by these American families. And it listed three American family names or two American family names. And I just started crying because, number one, I am proud to be an American. If you cut me, I bleed red, white, and blue. Come on. Red's not enough. There's stars and stripes in me. Amen. You know, in Bible college, they would, they would do nights for the nations. And I would always cry for America. And everybody wanted Africa. And everybody wanted... And I would always be like, who's going to take America? Who's going to stand for this nation? You know, America has sent more missionaries into the, into the country than anybody You know, America has funded 70% of the United Nations from the formation of the United Nations. America is the most generous society that has ever existed on the planet. So how did we rise to this level? We rose to this level because of godly principles that we were inherited into our culture that are under attack right now. And when we say we need revival, we need revival because the church has got to continue to stand for this nation and say what God intends for this country is what will happen in our generation and in the generations to come. Amen? Amen. Let me tell you something. We have sown 
We have bled. We have fought for freedom. We have fought for other people's freedom. We have done a lot in America. But right now, America is under siege from within. There is an attack to divide this country, to turn it upside down, and to steal it without people even realizing there is a fight going on. And I, for one, draw a line in the sand and say, devil, you will not take this nation. You will, I will not see America worse off for my children when I leave than it is right now. May God turn the tides. May a move of heaven shake this nation. May godliness be exalted. May sin be exposed. May darkness flee. And may light shine brighter than ever across this great land. And every sweat, blood, and tear that we have done for centuries, may it continue to bear forth fruit for this country to rise and shine. And if you believe it, take three seconds. Thank the Lord that you're in America right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for what this nation stands for. It is the bastion of freedom. People say, is it the greatest nation on earth? And there's that stupid video clip of some moron on a movie saying, it's not the greatest nation. We're seventh in education. We're ninth in economics. Shut up. I don't care about your intellectualism. We're the greatest because we have fought more for people's freedoms than any other country. And that's what makes it great. What did Christ come to do? He came to give people freedom. Boom. So we fight for freedom. We're in good company. Amen. Anytime you look to your side and the Lord's with you, just say, I'm on the right side. Amen. So I'm going to begin and I'm going to shake it up a little bit. Turn with me in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. Pray for me. I'm reading out of the Old Testament. <laughs> You'll see once we start reading these names. <laughs> People are like, what are you talking about? Every time I read from the Old Testament, I seek the Lord. I'm like, God, help me, because I have to say this in public, and I want to look intelligent. It never really seems to work. These are the memoirs of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, in late autumn in the month of Kislev, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign. I was at the fortress of Susa when Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit me with some other men who had just arrived from Judah. Whew. <laughs> I asked them about the Jews who had returned there from captivity and about how things were going in Jerusalem. And they said to me, things are not going well for those who returned to the province of Judah. They're in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. And when I heard this, I sat down and I wept. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and prayed to the God of heaven. And then I said, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love for those who love him and obey his commands, listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, the decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. But please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then even if you're exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place that I have chosen for my name to be honored. The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you and grant me success today by making the king favorable to me and put it into his heart to be kind. In those days, I was the king's cupbearer. I felt to begin... 
the series on revival and reformation, it is a well-heard term going across social media speeches that we need reform in America. And I'll just shine light to this. Every single election season, everybody says, I'm for change. But what change are you for? Because not all change is good change. Can I get an amen? Not all reform is good reform. If you reform away from God and draw further from Him, you are just creating more problems than good. The only change we need is a heart change in America. We need to get the stony hearts taken care of and soft hearts put in. I walked one time in, in, in the United States Senate to the voting floor, which was empty. They're supposed to be voting and nobody's in the room because they just show up, cast it, and walk out, and they don't listen to anybody. All those people you hear doing speeches, there's nobody even in the room listening to them. They're talking to an empty room. And I was walking with the staffer of the United States Florida House Representative, and she was 21 years old. And I asked, how, how do this... The representatives and the senators know how to vote when they're not in there listening to the debates. And she said, well, we divide everything out to the staffers. And so some of us take education, some of us take uh, economics, and then we study it all out. We read about the bills, and then we advise the senator how to vote. And I said, so you're telling me America is being led by 21-year-olds because you're the one perverting what our senators and our governors or our representatives are actually voting because everything you bring will be biased. And she's backpedaled and said, no, that's not what's happening. No, 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 no. They still have free will. Yeah, but you're perverting it. You're digesting it and telling them a narrative that's going to pervert what they, they vote. You say, well, how did America get in the problem it's in right now? Because if you let a 21-year-old run everything, you are in looking for total devastation. Everybody says at 21, you know, if you're past 21, you were not mature at 21. Right. You were an idiot at 21. Yeah. You know it's the truth. By the time you hit 22, you already realized how dumb you were at 21. <laughs> at 23, you were leaps and bounds past that. By the time you were 25 and you could rent a car, you were like, dang, no wonder they didn't want me to do it when I was 21. So here we have a system where we're supposed to elect great leadership. Another problem in America is why do we have two parties? Two choices? Please. Imagine going to a buffet and they're like, you could have chicken or you could have chicken. It's not much of a buffet, man. I don't like this buffet. Well, I don't like this system. Another problem we have in America is who decided it's a good idea for senators to be able to be lifelong senators? How come the president is limited to two terms, but you can be a senator for 57 years and manipulate the system and walk in broke and come out a multimillionaire? Yeah. Is anybody seeing this? Is anybody saying this is not right? Yeah. Come on. Maybe you might want to make a run for the door right now. But today we're going to hit some things. I mean, it's Independence Day weekend, and we didn't get to be a free country by being a bunch of cotton-headed ninny-mongans. We fought for it. Let me tell you, freedom is a force of will. It has to be fought for. It has to be bled for. It has to be strived for. It has to, you have to educate yourself. You can't believe every lie that comes down the pack. You can't let yourself be manipulated. Freedom is something you've got to fight for. But oppression is also a force of will. It's when a person forces their manipulated agenda upon you and make you do it. What has happened in America lately? Let me tell you something. Since when has it been okay 
for the government to tell us what we can and cannot do. And maybe I'm the only one that's going to say this from a pulpit, but wake up, America. It is not okay to tell a person, put somebody in this situation. Grandmother passed away, got $250,000, lived their lifelong dream and sunk it into a restaurant right at the start of COVID-19. Now they're broke, lost their dreams, lost everything. But guess what? America's going to send you a check for $1,200. Oh, well, thank you for that. Let me just thank you for this great privilege of this stimulus that barely put food on the table. And people are sitting by watching the news agenda pump down fear and all of these things while we sit back and let ourselves be controlled by these manipulations. It's getting quiet in this Presbyterian church. But don't worry, I'm just getting started. We need revival. What is revival? Revival is where people encounter God. It's when people have head-on collisions with the Almighty. Let me tell you something. When I met Jesus, I found out real quickly there was some junk in my heart that needed to get out. And I didn't need anybody to hold me by the hand and tell me it was wrong. I didn't need some counselor to show up with seven steps to eight ways to be better the better self of your six dreams. I met Jesus and I broke down crying, broke down crying for the fool I'd been, broke down crying for the selfishness I'd lived with, broke down crying for the manipulations that I'd allowed myself to be under. At 19 years old, I met Jesus and I went two days later to my mom and I knelt beside her and I said, mom, I want to repent to you for all the junk that I have put you through. No one told me to do that. I didn't have a Bible study say that, but God changed my heart. And when you meet Jesus, hate disappears. Fear disappears. Doubt disappears. And your eyes are illuminated. And you begin to see the bondage that the enemy wants to make people live under. But Jesus came to say, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But not I. Jesus came to break the shackles of every enemy of man off of mankind. And if you don't fight for that and you don't believe that, then you don't believe what the Bible says you're supposed to believe. Jesus was not someone that tiptoed through the tulips holding lambs every day and singing kumbaya. Jesus looked enemies in the eye and said, you don't have power over me except the power that I give to you. That's the Jesus that we serve. And the same Jesus that walked the earth there, his spirit lives in the church today. If you got that spirit, take five seconds and thank the Lord. And you have been awakened to the reality that the kingdom of God suffereth violent and the violent take it by force. Mambra carabososo. There's a problem in America, and I'm going to tell you what the problem is, but first let me just read off a couple of countries to you. Does anybody in here want to go live in North Korea? (laughs) Mary, our resident missionary, is like, I'm going to bring heaven into that hell. What about Venezuela? What about Cuba? What about China? What about Russia? What about Vietnam? What about Mongolia? Afghanistan? All of these countries are socialist countries. Do you know why socialism is so bad? Because it is the only form of government that directly attacks the church and the things of God because it knows if it can unravel the church, people begin to put their faith in the government. 
You should never, ever, one person said the most dangerous word you'll ever hear is, it's okay, we're the government and we're here to help. <laughs> Keep the door locked. Listen to you, and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get anybody upset here, but there's got to be an awakening to go across this land. We need revival because revival is the only thing that changes the hearts of men. And if you don't change people's hearts, it does not matter what type of government is in place. Wickedness always perverts a nation, but godliness makes the nation be exalted. We need godliness back in this nation one more time. Socialism is a problem. It's been a problem in America for many, many years. Let me point out some of the issues in America right now. Do you know that they say that America's inflation is on average around 2 to 3% a year? That's where they say money, supposedly, the, the value of it kind of loses 2 to 3%. But in 1950, do you know what the average cost of a home was in America? If you were to go out and buy an average house in America in the year of 1950, you would have paid $7,900. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. $7,900. Now, if you apply the inflation they tell you that Americans have lived under since 1950, then that house should only cost $86,000 today. But the average cost of a house in America today is well over $230,000. Why? Because then you are enslaved to pay for that thing, Dwayne. Do you know the average, the longest mortgage you could get in the year of 1950 was five years on a home. Now people are getting 30-year mortgages because they want you to go to college and get $80,000 in debt so you can pay that debt off for 20 years, then get a house so you can pay that off until you're 60, and then when you pass away and you turn it to your kids, 40% of that goes to the government. What's quiet? The average cost of a car in 1950 was $1,900, and you could only finance that car for one year. Now people are financing cars for eight years. And the average cars are costing nearly $100,000 for some vehicles now, big trucks. It's ridiculous. It's perversion. It's intentional. It is meant to enslave society. Why do you think every generation suicide rates rise? Because kids are being brought into a world where they have to strive so hard just to get ahead. They're giving up before they ever take their first, breath, first real breath. Let me tell you, why are people not fighting for these things? I sat in a meeting one time with a bunch of political leaders, and I saw a man come to tears as he shouted that he worked blood, sweat, and tears to build a business and sent his children to college. And every one of his kids in college, he said, they turned against me and started fighting for liberal values and told me I was just an old kook. And he sat there in tears saying, will we ever see reform? In the American education system, will people be enlightened that the freedom we have is quickly being unraveled before us? And the America you see today will not be the America of tomorrow if people don't wake up and say, no, the devil will not take this land. That the eyes of the world have been upon us, not because we're manipulated, but because we stood for something and fought for it. And may we stand with the faith of Christ once more and say, this nation will continue to be free. Come on, somebody. Jesus. Socialism destroys people's lives. It perverts people. It causes people to trust in the government. You should never, ever be dependent upon a government to get by. And let me tell you, if you're here right now and you need government aid, don't be ashamed. 
take the government aid, but make a, a, a decision in your heart to say, this will not be the story of my life. I will not stay where I am right now. I will take the aid, but the Lord will promote me, and I will see myself through to the other side. you got to fight for it, church. Let me tell you, socialism has destroyed so many people's lives in so many countries. Socialism comes in under the table, hiding and fighting. Communism, all of it, it's all one big lump together, mass control to brainwash society so that the ultimate goal is you are not meant to be free, but meant to do what you're supposed to do so that the world can be governed by 10% and worked by 90%. I don't know about you, but I believe, why is it too, in 1950, the average American household only had one job and was supported and had a home, they had a car, and they went on annual vacations for three weeks. The average family was going for three-week vacations in 1950. When's the last time you did a three-week vacation? Come on, somebody. And you're like, well, with COVID-19, it's been about three months. <laughs> so how, how can in one generation, basically, or maybe they call that two generations, how can we go from things being that simple in one one Salary supporting a family, what was all the guys? Because what is the thing, what does socialism need? And the formation of the Communist Manifesto, it states that the enemies of communism are organized religion and a strong family. So they had to attack those two regions. Why? Because if you have faith in Jesus, you're never going to say, Uncle Sam's going to be the one to bail me out. You, you go to the Lord. Come on, somebody. You know it's true. How many people in here have ever been in need financially, physically, and you went to the Lord and God did a miracle on your behalf? Look at that. The world needs to know. You don't need a stimulus check from the government because you have a stimulus check from heaven. Come on, somebody. That even when I don't have something, God can multiply a little loaf of bread and feed me for a thousand days if need be. That's the God that we serve. One time the Lord told us to give all of our money away. We were huffing and puffing. Man, all right, God, we did it. We did it. It was great in the moment. You're like, woohoo! Then you wake up the next day and you're like, wait a second, what do we do? We go to the fridge, man, for 30 days solid. I'd go to the fridge and there would always be food in that fridge. It never ran out. God multiplied the food. People say, God doesn't do that. He did that in the Bible, but he doesn't do it today. Wake up! God still multiplies. Come on, somebody. I mean, people have done crazy stuff. How I many people have laid hands on inanimate objects and they started working again because the Lord went, yeah. Your car's breaking down, no gasoline, and you're like, and you drive 200 miles and that's the God that we serve. Hey. I don't need your stimulus check. You can take that thing, put Vaseline on it, and stick it back where it came from. My source is God. It will always be God. And nothing in this world can take the freedom that I have found through Jesus Christ away. I'll not be a slave. I'll not be in bondage. Jesus came to set the captives free. Come on, somebody. You say you're really passionate about this. Well, thank you. I'm glad you noticed. The reason I'm passionate is because the Bible says the truth sets people free. The enemy's master plan is to continue to lie. So socialism, the communist manifesto, attack these things. If they can tear apart the American family or any family, then people feel alone. They feel hopeless and they have no one to look to. 
How many times have you in your own family, somebody's going through a tough time, what do you do? Bro, I got you, man. You need to stay at our house. You can stay at our house. You need some money, we'll send you some money. That's what families do. But if you can tear that apart and get someone isolated and all alone where they have no one to look to, they have to look to the government. And the moment you're in that system, how hard is it to get out of that system? You say, yeah, but it's just, it's just the way it is. No, it's intentional. It's intentional. It's meant to destroy freedom because if you read the Bible, there is a real enemy called the devil. You ever read it? Come on, somebody. Tell me you read it. He's in there. His name is Satan, Lucifer. His agenda is to kill, steal, and destroy everything good in this world. His agenda is to manipulate and control people and be exalted as a God here on this earth. And the ultimate goal is to tear apart all freedoms in all societies to where there's a one world government which ushers in the second coming of Christ and the, and the, and the apocalypse. That's where we're headed to. So people say, so should we just let that happen? No. Over my dead body do I let that happen. Thessalonians says, the son of perdition, which is the Antichrist, cannot reveal himself until he who restrains is removed. Who is restraining the Antichrist? You are, baby. Because where you are, he can't go. In your house, he wants his agenda, but you're reading the word. You're praying in tongues. You're declaring freedom and truth. You're laying hands on your kids and sickness is going. Vacuum cleaners start working. Cars show up. Houses get paid off. And every time he tries to control you, freedom breaks out. Hallelujah. That's the God that we serve. Oh, I've, 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 it's Independence Day weekend. We don't just blow things up in the sky. We blow things up in the spirit realm too. Every lie may it be exposed. Every agenda of hell may it collapse in this generation. And may we see the turn of tide to where God begins to promote this nation one more time. Tell you, revival begins with a burden for it. That's what Nehemiah realized. He said, Man, and it's not going to get better for the Israelites. It's not going to get better for my brothers and sisters until I take this burden for my own burden and decide to make a difference. My call to you today is as we ask the Lord to move across this nation, we're not just asking God, Can we have tickles and giggles in church? Can we have run around the place and feel good sermons? Or can we fight? For the rights of people that need these bondages broken off of them. You have a call from God to set the captives free. Grab the burden and realize that this nation is under attack. And the only one that is equipped to take this attack head on is the church of Jesus Christ. Because every spiritual thing the enemy tries to bring, we drive it out with the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. The enemy's plan has always been to divide and conquer. Divide this country, tear apart the American family. You know, I'll just say it. Why do you think the liberal party in America, which is really the socialist party, if you don't know that, study about socialism. I mean, the same time that Russia was going through the socialist upheaval and communist upheaval of the early 1900s, America was going through the same exact thing as an undertake and overcoming where things in America began to get squirrely. Take our central bank. There's a problem with the central bank, people. It's a private bank. It is not an American bank. We should never have that. It's never been audited. Why have we never audited our own Federal Reserve Bank? 
Every bank gets audited, but they can lose trillions of dollars and that's not an issue? Americans are quiet about it. And why is the central bank a damaging thing? Because if you can control people's wealth, you control people. If you can keep, why is it that things in 1950 are not what they are now because of the way the central bank is manipulating the system? Why is it that Americans are in debt? Who, are, who do we owe $22 trillion to? Come on, let me just ask you that. Who do we, who do we borrow the money from? China? Do we borrow the money from, from Ethiopia? Do we borrow the money from Angola? No, we borrowed the money from America, right? Anybody ever borrowed money from yourself? Did you forgive yourself? Yeah, you did. You're like, you know what? It's okay. I spent $100 extra, but I'll, I'll leave it this time. It's okay. I was worth it. Come on, somebody. Wake up. How could you be in debt to yourself? Because we're not in debt to ourselves. We're in debt to a private bank. And some dude's sipping a Mai Tai out in his private jet somewhere, living off all the accolades of the American citizens. I pray, blow that thing up. Shoot it in the head. May we form a bank where the American citizens are the shareholders so that as America prospers, you prosper. Can I get an amen? Thank you very much. This is Caleb Ring, and I approve this message. We need revival. Things need to be dealt with. You can't continue to see societies being choked, the life being choked out of people to where young people feel so hopeless they can't get ahead because the system has been designed to keep you down. Say, may God blow it up. May we have revival. May our elected officials encounter Jesus. May they actually know who he is, not just in story only, but may his flaming eyes be evident when they look in him. May his touch send their body on fire. May the voice of many waters shake on the inside of them. And may a heavenly burden come across the church to say, we will fight for the freedoms of others. Whether they realize they're in bondage or not, we will fight the good fight. Come on. Who feels faith in this place to fight? We had friends of ours in Poland. They were Polish people. And they, they said one morning, I think it was around the year of 19... 80-something, right before Christmas, they went to bed one night and woke up. And in one single night, communists took, the communists took over the entire country of Poland. They said, overnight, we woke up, every television station played the exact same feed. Everything, every radio station played the exact same radio station. It happened overnight. And they said it seemed instantaneous, but it was a long, planned-out takeover. They said, when we went to grocery stores, we were given vouchers of what we were allowed to eat and everywhere in the grocery store things were emptied out and all that was on the shelves was sauerkraut that's why they have a lot of sauerkraut recipes when that's all you got you start trying to find ways to make sauerkraut taste good and I don't know if you've ever tried that but you better pray they said we were not allowed to travel outside of our city overnight. I couldn't, we couldn't visit our, our, our loved ones in another city unless we were given government clearance to travel to another town for a special assignment. It happened like that. And people say that'll never happen in America. What? We'll always be able to leave our houses when we want to leave our houses. We'll always be able to go where we want to go. We'll always be able to shop where we want to shop. We'll always be able to fight for what we're going to fight for. Not anymore. Boy, I, I, mm. <laughs> Am I the only one that sees this? It's already happened. 
It's happening, and it's a test run to see how much the American citizens will allow themselves to be placated into being dominated by, and let me tell you, it's not even the government controlling this nation. I talked to my friend in local government at the start of this whole thing. He's fighting it, and I talked to local police officers, and the rule of the land is not the government right now. It is the media. You want to know who's calling the shots? You just pull up online. It's social media. It's all the media organizations. You want riots? They'll give you riots. You want masks, they'll give you masks. You want mask control, you want stay at home, you want quarantine, you want bondage, you want all of this, then we will give you that. Because if you promote a lie long enough, that lie becomes a truth to people. And let me tell you something. If you think I'm making light of the situation, there's always viruses going around. Always. Every year, 15 to 20 viruses are going around America. Every virus does have fatalities. We are not celebrating death. We are not saying ignore it. It sucks when people die, and I hope it's okay to say sucks in church because I just said it twice. <laughs> but I've said a lot of other things that might be more questionable to other people today, so I think I'm going to get away with it. Amen. Amen. I mentioned the war once. I think I got away with it. Amen. And so, where was I talking about before? Huh? 15 viruses. It's always going around. The reason why this one's such a big deal is because you literally cannot turn anywhere without being told constantly what's happening. Pumping into you, pumping into you, pumping into you, pumping into you. And there's no talk of recovery rate. There's no talk of the fact that most people aren't dying. None of that matters because that doesn't fit the agenda. The only thing that fits the agenda is there's new cases and there's new cases and there's new cases and there's new cases and new cases and new cases and new cases. As one person said, look, if we started testing for uh, uh, increased IQ tests, we'd have an increase in morons, too. <laughs> People say, this is not the type of church I'm accustomed to. Well, maybe you need to get accustomed to this type of church. There's a society, there's a part of society that's woke. We're not buying the lies. And because we understand that it's not even people we're up against. It's a demonic principality. That is meant to control people and lull them into sleep so that freedom can be stolen overnight. So you can wake up and not be able to visit your kid in the next town. That's the ultimate goal. And I say, no, over my dead body. No. There's a saying, never let a good disaster go to waste. Boy, they have definitely capitalized on that now. And while I'm on it, I'm just having fun right now. So I don't know. I'm just going for it. Why is it that at the start of all of this... Does anybody remember how it was massive news that a Harvard professor was found guilty and arrested for collaborating with the Chinese government and formulating and weaponizing the coronavirus? Massive news. Arrested for it. But now all of that doesn't matter. Now suddenly, no, we don't want that. Trump is the one to blame. He's the one that's done it all. If Trump wasn't here, corona would have never existed. Racism would have never been here. People are wicked no matter what, the only thing that solves wickedness is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You can't sit there. Stop being fed a lie like you're a little kindergartner and you're supposed to tout what they tell you to tout. That does not even add up. That does not compute. Comprehende. It doesn't. Why are these things not matter? How can they continue to enslave nations? How can all of these people shut down? How can people lose everything and be just told, shut up, if you even fight for the right to work, you want to kill people. 
You don't want to kill people. Who in here wants to kill anybody? Nobody. We're not fighting to kill people. We're fighting to take care of our family. We're fighting to stand for righteousness. We're fighting to see this nation continue to grow and prosper. And we do not want to see this nation turned over into a socialist country where you are standing in a bread line tomorrow waiting for a meal because your kid's saying they're hungry. And you're like, well, just hold on. Uncle Sam's got our back. No. Go and plant a potato today just in case. Say, as for me and my family, we're going to have cattle in the backyard, whether it's legal or not legal. I'm going to have a billy goat on my roof just in case things get squirrely. I can at least eat a goat. People are saying, what are you saying? I'm just, maybe I'm being intense, but I want to wake people up. You have got to realize there's an agenda. How can the governor of California say that it is okay to drink wine in my vineyard and have a good time eating a meal but you cannot sing praise and worship to Jesus in church because it endangers lives. What? Bro, I would have rented a sound system and we would have had a 24-hour worship burn. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, I'd be covered in sweat. I don't even flag, but I might buy a flag for that one. Just to make it as obnoxious as possible. I may even wear leotards. It may look hideous, but I'm going to worship like the Lord of dance. <laughs> Giving it all I got. You want gag order on the church? No! Preach it! Shout it from the rooftops till the whole world knows. Jesus didn't come so we could be placated into bondage. He came to destroy every lie of hell. Jesus said it, in fact. He said, I, the Spirit of the Lord, is upon me. He's anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to proclaim to the captives that they will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Literally three quarters of what Jesus said he came to do is bring freedom. Come on, somebody. So why has the hand of the Lord been across America? Why has it rose to the place that it's rose to? Because it's a country that despite every history they try and rewrite and tell you that it was just a bunch of liberal, worn out dudes. This country was founded with people that feared God. They feared God above man. And they didn't, their, 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 their drive for America was not, can we create a nation where we can be economically blessed and have a lot of money and do what we want to do? Their drive was, let us find a land where we can worship Jesus freely the way we feel we need to worship him. Because they were breaking out of a state-controlled church. Look at every socialist country. What do they have? State churches. Where the state tells you what can be preached. Where the state makes it illegal to say you can do this. Makes it illegal to do that. Why is it? Because if people cannot get repentance and salvation through Jesus, they can be controlled. But a person that meets Jesus, it's like their eyes are open. And you're like, wait a second here. It's, it's, like, it's like being bit by the spider on Spider-Man. You're like, mm. You wake up, you got a six-pack in the spirit realm. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like, if only the Lord could do it in the physical realm too, that'd be great. Lord, if there's any way, thank you, amen. You're woke. You get woke. And you start realizing how much, and, and that's the truth. Spiritual people begin to see the spiritual things played out before them. People that don't have the Holy Ghost and are not woke up by the, the gospel of Jesus Christ, to them it's literally society calling the shots. Yeah. 
But when you get woke up, you begin to see the handiwork of the devil himself manipulating and controlling the masses of people to bring about slavery ultimately. You know, when the Israelites were blessed first through Joseph coming to Egypt, but the Bible says that after many years after Joseph passed away, that there arose a new king in, 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 in Egypt. And he looked at the Israelites and realized they outnumbered the Egyptian army and the Egyptian people. So he decided, let us oppress the people. Let's make them slaves so that we can control them, lest they overthrow the government because they are stronger than we are. And overnight, he turned a free society into a bondage society where the Israelites identified as as slaves only and not as free people. They had the power to overthrow, but they became slaves because the enemy's ultimate plan is to crush people and make you blind to the fact that you're even being oppressed. It's possible to live with an illusion of freedom while you're actually controlled and oppressed. And that is happening. That's what the Matrix was all about. You know, it's all, all the Neos out there. You know it's true. Take the red pill, wake up. Is that the right pill? Okay. Just confirming. Let me tell you another issue. So America stands for freedom. America stands for opportunity. One of the greatest things I love to do in this nation is to meet immigrant families, people that have immigrated to America legally and fought for a place. They're the most, they got character, but to hear them talk about America, I venture to say Americans need to sit with them and listen to what they say about this country because it represented everything they fought for. And they strive to get to this country. And they sit there with tears streaming down their eyes talking about how they made a life for themselves here. And their children are almost all doctors or lawyers. They went because they saw it played out. That's what we stand for. And that's what we've got to continue to stand for in this country. Fight for these things. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep. Why do we need revival? Because revival is not just something that changes the church. It is something that changes a nation and gets it closer to God again. Amen? Amen. May we have revival to shake this nation one more time. May everybody that the enemy has put in bondage, may the people... When we, when we went to Trump's inauguration, um, we were standing in line. Now, keep in mind, we're standing in line. We got our suits on. It's inauguration night. You just go to these balls, and see so everybody's dressed up, trying to look cool freezing cold in Washington, D.C., and there's no evidence that you're a Christian. You're standing in a suit. You could be a total heathen, but you're in line waiting to get into this ball, and people with hats that were designed to look like female genitalia wearing on their head were coming down and spewing curse words, mocking Jesus, saying, bleepity bleep Jesus, bleep just cussing Jesus, not Trump. Jesus. Now I'm standing there and I'm thinking, how do they even know I believe in Jesus? But you see, the reality is, is that's not normal. Okay. You don't walk around with a hat designed to look like that, spewing out curse words to Jesus, unless there's a demon going on in the inside of you. That's demonic. And you see that and you're like, that doesn't even make sense in the natural. And you don't know I'm a believer. But I can look there and realize this is a person being manipulated. Now, why do we need revival? Because the same person with that stupid hat on that meets Jesus. And they come in an encounter with God. That mouth that was used to curse Christ can turn around and begin to glorify the resurrected king. 
That's what I say. May that come one more time across this land. May we have revival shake this nation like never before. May everything that can be shaken be shaken. Let me tell you something. People say, what's it going to be like when the Lord moves mightily across the land? You better get a fear of God. You read the book of Acts, the new covenant church, the gospel of grace, and two people fell over dead in the middle of church for lying to the Lord. Imagine if that happened in a Pentecostal church today. That's, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? Came to church and I died. Because I lied. So don't lie or you die. People say, well, you know, that's a one-time affair. Let me tell you. You do not want to get in the way of the Lord. And I believe that God has a plan to shake the nations of the world one more time. And I believe we're on the cuff of that. But when things get shaken, it, it shakes everything around us. And that's where natural things in your life may be shaken right now. Some of you have been going through the natural shaking. But... Take courage and be infused with faith that you are of a kingdom that is unshakable. And though you're in this world, you're not of this world. And what this world goes through, you do not have to be subjected to entirely on your own. That Christ will see you through supernaturally. If you believe it, take three seconds and thank the Lord that he is on your side. I mean, how does it make any sense that they say that you can contract COVID-19 and die at church, but there's never been a single article that says anybody in Lowe's got it, anybody in Target got it, anybody in Walmart got it, anybody in Publix got it. How does that make sense? It's the most intelligent virus that's ever lived. It knows precisely where to strike. Only in choirs and in Pentecostal churches will COVID show up. But if you go to the, you know, whatever... You find yourself trying to be sympathetic, but then you just get to a point where you're like, no, I'm not that dumb. I tried, but my mind will not allow me to go to that level and justify any of that. I tried. I really did. I'm a nice guy trying to see it your way, but that doesn't make any sense. No, does not compute. So the agenda in America to take over this country and lull it into a communist socialist government has always been a priority of socialism because America has been the shining example of freedom, hope, and opportunity. And if they can crush that, they can take over the world. And the solution is a move of God because a move of God breaks bondage off. Everywhere the Lord moves, people prosper. People are taking care of families grow stronger, marriages go stronger, bodies get healed. So here's America standing. Do you know that America has about 350 million people, which ultimately equates to 5% of the world's population, I believe. So yet articles state that Americans on average consume the majority of prescription pills in the entire world. How does that make sense? How can 5% of the world's population consume the majority of the prescription pills? Because there is an agenda to medicate the American citizen and lull you into sleep. 
With every pill comes another pill because that pill had a problem. The side effect is, you know how it is, eight minutes long, death, heart loss, head fall off, possible unconsciousness, roid rages, anger, loss of a loved one, loss of life. I mean, you're like, what, who takes that thing? Ask your doctor if it's right for you. I can tell you right now, it sounds wrong. It's definitely wrong. Because then you're medicated. Well, a pharmaceutical companies, and this is an issue, man. Think about this. We have, a comp we have something called the FDA, Federal Drug Administration. They tell you what toothpaste to use. They tell you what deodorant to put on. They tell you what prescription pill is good for you. And since when did we begin to trust the opinion of someone we don't even know because they have a government entity title saying that this is what you should take. What? They put fluoride in our toothpaste and in our water in America. Fluoride is proven to placate people and make them susceptible to being led. There are countries that have literally banned fluoride because of the toxic effect it has on the human body. Yet you're drinking it and brushing your teeth with it because they tell you it's good for your teeth. Yeah, if I told you poop was good for your underarms, would you put it on there? Trust me, trust me. Once you get past the smell, it's really going to make that underarm feel fluffy and nice. Call it what it is. That's stupid. But we as Americans have been placated into trusting some Yahoo you've never met with a title, an alphabet soup that says this is what you need. Trust me, you need this. I don't need that. I don't want that. I want fluoride free. Or it's my right. I can choose fluoride or not choose fluoride. But well, one thing's for sure. Americans need to get off the pills, bro. Because it leads people into bondage. How is it that the largest, largest industries in America are prescription-based pharmaceutical companies and medical hospitals? If you, you remember, I mean, maybe when I was a little kid, I remember going to the hospital. Bro, that thing was simple. It was like cinder block hospital with like nappy floor. And now you go into a hospital, it's like the Taj Mahal. There's like a 37-foot gold scepter in the lobby. It's like, where is all this money coming from? You. Because all the Americans that are going in there being medicated and medicated and medicated, it's funding an army of, of takeover health-wise so that people are sick because when they're sick, they'll listen to anything. Maybe I'm going too far. But listen, when the Israelites were brought into slavery and taken over, God brought them out. But he couldn't bring them out without sending Moses to be the voice to bring them out of bondage because Moses was not raised as a slave. Moses was raised as a free man. And so God had to bring in a free man with a new way of thinking and a new outlook on life to be the voice to bring those in captivity out of captivity and into freedom. And they fought him every step of the way, didn't they? Oh, Moses, you brought us out here in vast number with great wealth so we can die in the wilderness. Because you weren't dying as a slave. People were dying as a slave. But it's all this manipulation. Let me tell you something. The church's job is to be the Moses of society. To be the one that realizes we know what freedom is. Freedom costs our Savior everything. 
And we will not allow it to be taken away from us overnight. Come on, somebody. And we will bring other people with us everywhere we go. Every person you meet, preach the gospel to them. Pray for them. Lay hands on the sick. They got seven prescription pills. Put your hand upon them and say, from this day, I give you a prescription. It's called the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Hey, by his stripes, you are healed. Say, does God do that? Of course he does it. He's always done it. We need revival. I've been stirred lately. I've got the, the great opportunity. It's just like the Lord is bringing me to this place where I've been sitting with people and they've been talking about so, some of the crazy supernatural things that, that catapulted people's ministries. And I was sitting listening about a story about Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts, I read about him. I was reading this article wrote in the 50s of a journalist mocking his ministry and saying how the people in the crowd raised their hands to God because they think he can hear them and see them. And he was mocking them. And then he, in the same article as he's mocking, he said, then a woman started shouting out and ran around the place. And she seemingly was healed from whatever was taking part in her body. But Oral Roberts' ministry exploded. One day when he was in the middle of a tent revival, a man was so angry at what Oral Roberts said, he stood up with a pistol and point blank range fired a shot right into the chest of Oral Roberts. And that bullet didn't leave a mark. It went straight through him. Into the tent, but didn't do anything to Oral Roberts. And the crowd went insane. The man dropped the gun, fell to his knees, and asked Jesus into his heart. The next day, newspapers around America began to write that front page about what had happened in a tent revival. That blew up Oral Roberts' ministry and made him a national news overnight. That's the God that we serve. Come on. That's who you serve. You say, well, what does that have to do with modern society and what's going on right now? Everything that is coming against you, God can turn around in an absolute breath of a second. That's the God you serve. And you got to believe it. When we say we need revival, we need revival because we need to shake this nation back to a fear of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Catherine Kuhlman was preaching in Los Angeles. And in the midst of her sermon, she suddenly fell into a trance. Her body stopped moving. Her eyes didn't even blink. Hours went by, days went by, and for three solid days, Catherine Kuhlman stood in a trance and didn't even blink an eye. Hundreds of thousands of people began to hear about it and pour through the building. Night number three, after three days of not even moving, she started preaching right where she left off because she didn't even know she'd been in a trance for three days. People say, why would the Lord do it? Because he's a sign and a wonder God. Because that's hashtag made you wonder, right? You don't go in a trance and be like, yeah, it's pretty normal to me. That's like weird. That's like, what happened? That's like, that is God. John Wesley was preaching in a meeting the start of the, the Reformation movement. John Wesley's preaching, and a woman fell in a trance, and everybody was like, we've never seen anything like this ever happen. So people began to argue in the crowd, it's the devil. Other people said, it must be the Lord. And John Wesley said, just settle down, everybody. We're going to find out whenever she comes out of this, whoever gets the praise and whoever gets the glory is the one that did it. 45 minutes went by. The lady was in a total trance. As soon as she came out of it, she says, praise the Lord to God be all the glory. And John Wesley said, it's the Lord. <laughs> That's the God we serve. William Brannan, people would drive into his meetings and hours out would be healed before they even got the tent meeting because the anointing was so strong. 
That's the same God we serve today. But we have let the hunger and the drive for that supernatural be replaced by programs and, and graphics and lights and cameras and social media. And I say, forget all of that. May we have a group of people that get a heart for God and say, I'm not chasing an image or a mirage. I'm chasing the only begotten Son of Christ. And if you can do it then, you can do it now, God. I believe you can do it. We need revival to shake this nation, but I'm telling you the catalyst of change is a church on her knees crying out day and night. Nehemiah said he was so moved by the need of his people that he dropped to his knees and he fasted and he prayed. And he said, God, I'm just a one man, but if you can make me. Or use me to make a difference in my generation and bring the people back to Jerusalem. Then do it, God. Grant me favor and grant me success. Across this room right now are many people from different stories and backgrounds and walks. But I'm telling you that if there is a desire or a cry in your heart that, God, I know that there is more. And I know that there is things happening. But I'm praying that, God, you would shake this nation one more time. And may the glory of God be revealed. Then that drive and that hunger has to be fueled you can't let society placate that out is that the right word you can't let society numb that drive out that cry of the there is more there is more is meant to be there because it's what pushes you closer to Christ and God does the miraculous bodies are still being healed and raised giants are still being slain come on somebody the church is still the bride of Christ Jesus. And let me tell you, just as when you got engaged, if some huffy, puffy dude tried to get up to your bride, you were going to step in and you were going to defend. You're the bride of Christ. You better believe King Jesus is ready to defend. A whole generation in Israel was brainwashed into slavery so they couldn't even think free anymore. And they actually began to be comforted by their bondage. Well, that's happening in society today. The more and more freedoms we give up, which Benjamin Franklin said, if anybody, let me read it directly, his quote. Those who give up essential liberty to obtain a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. It's one of our founding fathers. Don't give up your freedom just because of fear. Just because the news reports and reports and reports on something. I was at a thing recently, and I'm just going to say it. They said, you know, everybody in here knows people that have been affected through COVID and lost their lives. I don't know a single person, really, that lost their life personally to COVID-19. I do know people that got it, but they recovered well, and they're fine today. The devastation I know from it is people personally that have lost their financial backing and lost their businesses. That's the damage that's going on right now. And maybe I'm the only one that's bold enough to say it in Claremont from a pulpit. But just because the news media tells you something does not mean that that's actually what's happening. And so sometimes you got to get out there and ask the questions yourself. Sometimes you got to go find what's going on and then take a stand and say, I don't believe that. Because that's not what I've witnessed. Fruit speaks for itself. And I can see the fruit. Amen. And since when did the true church of Jesus Christ ever cower and be afraid because there's a virus? 
Once again, maybe I'm the only one that'll say that, but I say, man, may we have some John G. Lakes that are bold enough to put the plague on their hand and say, watch it die. Because the spirit of life of Christ has freed me from the law of sin and death. May we arise to that place once more. Media controlling people, making people a slave. Let me say, I'm going to read this in closing. Ephesians 6, 5 through 9 says, Slaves, obey your earthly masters with deep respect and fear. Serve them sincerely as you would serve Christ and try to please them all the time, not just when they are watching you. But as slaves of Christ, do the will of God with all your heart. Work with enthusiasm as though you're working for the Lord rather than people. And remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do, whether we are slaves or free. Masters, treat your slaves in the same way and don't threaten them. Remember, you both have the same master in heaven and he has no favorites. And I felt to read this because I want to put things in perspective. Christ speaking here is actually addressing slavery at that time because slavery existed for many, many years. Every organized society in the history of the planet had slavery a part of it. Thank God that we are moving to a place where slavery is outlawed. It still exists in dark corners of America through sex trade, all of that stuff. It still exists. But ultimately, may the Lord continue to eradicate that and may God raise up righteous people to push that curse off of the land. Amen. But what I wanted to read is that Christ addresses slaves and he says, look, you are only a slave if you allow yourself to be doing something because you have to do it. But you are free if you do it because you want to do it. And so Christ was saying to people, do not let bondage, do not let the struggle of this world make you into a slave to where you only do what you have to do. Allow yourself to be a person that does what Christ tells you to do because you want to do it through that free will. And in that, you begin to live a free life. And that free life begins to bring freedom to other people. It is time for a church to break out of the bondage of everything that this world has tried to put us in. And every generation that has struggled harder and harder. See, the Bible says that the wealth of a righteous man, or the, uh, is it the wealth? Huh? No. It says that a righteous man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Wealth's not in it. And if you look at society, that is not what is being transpired right now. You don't see each generation get further along. You actually see generations get less and less and less. Because there has been a formation meant to take the freedom and the blessing of God out of the generation so that it's not compounded, but it's subtracted and divided from your life. And I pray that God would cost this nation to have a revival that shakes all the way to the White House and the Senate. And may we have reformation that is of God to change this land. So in closing, I want to read this scripture to you. Two more. Galatians 5.13. Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we have become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all that we do. The most free person or the most powerful person in any room is the person that needs nothing and wants nothing from anybody else. Because that's a person that can be lived freely by the, the convictions of their heart and not manipulated by the, 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 the lie to achieve or gain something. That is your position 
as a born-again believer that everywhere you go, you don't need something from this world. Come on. You don't need protection from this world. You have Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And so you can live by the pure desire on the inside of what Christ has told you to fight for. Fight for those things. Love people that hate you. And when they hate you and they spew at you, you love them even more. And find people that don't know the truth and tell them the truth. And when they bite back and fight back, love them through it anyways. The gospel has power. It breaks the lies of hell off of every person that would hear it. And our job has always been very simple. To build the kingdom of God here on this earth. Because in that kingdom, people are free. People are set apart. And people are prosperous and blessed. Because everywhere the Lord is exalted, His blessing comes upon them. It is not achievable to not desire something or be manipulated from this world outside of Christ Jesus. So that intimacy you have with God absolutely matters. If you find yourself where your emotions are being drawn and fear is grabbing you, shut that thing down and go to the Word and say, God, I recognize there's a lot of uncertainty in the world today. And honestly, those of us that are woke to the reality of what America needs, you can feel very hopeless when you look at the situation because you're like, it is so far gone. How will we ever see it turn? feel like the, the enemy has, has played the best hand and planned this thing so well. But I know that you read the word. There's times when the, the Lord costs the enemy to turn on himself. Begin to fight himself so that the victory was won by the righteous without ever even joining the fight. And so join me this week and every week. Answer the call from heaven to fast and pray for this nation. And to begin to declare over this nation every wicked plan of the enemy. To drive hate and division and bondage, poverty, hopelessness in this nation and the nations of the world. May all of those plans come unraveled. May everything done in dark be exposed. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, as the Lord begins to expose things too, get ready. Because I promise you things are going to come out that's going to shake people's worlds when they begin to realize what's been transpiring. But I pray may God expose it. May those that have lost the fear of God have one more opportunity to fear God as they see what He does once more in this nation. Join us as we pray. And I'm remind you, closing this commission from God, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously and He will give you everything that you need. Always remember our first priority is the kingdom of God. Being established in our lives, in our children's lives, in our loved ones' lives, in our cities, in our communities, into our nation and the nations of the world. But I believe this, that God... When true revival comes, it's like the blessing and the atmosphere over regions get changed because of the glory of God in that place. And leadership begins to be raised up that fear God. You see a society turn closer to God, and everywhere people begin to rejoice and are glad. That is what I believe Independence Day is about <laughs> and what we're called to do. Amen. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont Podcast. 
If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.